You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Rua Space Podcast with Phil and Aaron. We're thrilled to have you here with us where we explore how to make space for the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. And today's podcast episode is another in our Exploring Scripture series where we look at different ways that we can approach Scripture and study Scripture. A lot of these tools and techniques were taught to fill through various means, whether by rabbis in Israel or different teachers in seminary. And so it's exciting stuff for all of us to have access to because we can all learn these things and approach the Bible with some new and fresh eyes. So today, rather than talking about a tool, you know, like we've talked about Gezer Shava and Gamatria and kind of other things surrounding that, we kind of want to go back to more of a principle or an invitation if you will, that this is a way of approaching scripture in general. So rather than looking for a specific word or structure, I'm more interested here in sort of how we approach this. Because of course, we believe that engaging this living word of God is a spiritual discipline. It Mm -hmm. helps us to create space for the Holy Spirit. And in that sense, it's meant to give life. Mm -hmm. And so the passage I want to talk about is one that we spent um, time talking about in a very specific class And this really set me on a new path, not just in terms of how I view scripture overall, but how I even view very specific passages that often give people a lot of difficulty. Mm. So we've talked so far in previous episodes about knowing your own story, because that'll give you a lens by which you approach scripture. We've talked about making sure to look at verses in the context of the passage they're in. And so today is another angle, another variant of that theme. Uh, And here we go with our passage. Kind of mixing those two together. (laughs) And so this is Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 32. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. Weird passage, right? Just for technical purposes here, I didn't read verses 30, 31, or 32. Yes, the story does continue. But this is a passage that has become one of my favorites. Okay. And of course, there's debate about who exactly was Jacob wrestling with. Was this like a physical thing? Was it a vision? Was it an angel? Was it God? You know, what did this kind of mean? Um, But I love this part where it says that he wrestled with this being, um, which I know in Christian tradition is often seen as God. I mean, I I guess that's Mm -hmm. kind of one of the ways I often look at it. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that same sort of attitude 
can be brought to our relationship with scripture of I'm going to wrestle with it until it blesses me. Mm, that's a really beautiful image for something we can do. It is because we, I think it's easy for scripture to become just a list of rules, right? I'm going to read this in order to find out what I should do or what I shouldn't do. Or I think sometimes I read scripture and if it's a difficult passage, I go, Ugh, and I go to something more comfortable, <laughs> maybe more encouraging and uplifting because I know what to do with that. Right. And we... I mean, maybe everyone listening to this doesn't feel this way, but I feel like I was often taught, maybe maybe not overtly, maybe it was a little bit, you know, on a subconscious level, a little covertly, um, that we should have all the answers, that mm. we should be able to figure it all out. Sure. And I think there's a sense in this where the invitation sometimes is to say, you know what, it might be okay to wrestle with something for a while and sit with the tension of not knowing Mm. It's exact meaning. And, and and that kind of relates to some of the things we've talked before about such as the 70 phases of Torah. The idea that every passage of scripture doesn't have necessarily just one meaning that we're going to arrive at that fits for every person and every time and every situation. Sure. There's all these different ways to see it. And that means then as we come to scripture in different circumstances in our lives or as we go to a very difficult scripture that's hard to understand, we, it may not make sense to us right away. That's a really uh, big gift, I think, to know that we don't have to understand or make sense of it. But I like what you're saying because what I'm hearing you say is an encouragement to stick with it and wrestle with it until you can perceive some good from it. Yeah, and I think along those lines, what happens then is kind of like times of prayer or silence or meditation, nothing may happen during that time. I mean, they talk yeah. about Mother Teresa apparently having decades long dark night of the soul, feeling like God is distant, but she sort of kept with it, consistently coming back, even when it didn't make sense, even when she wasn't feeling it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with scripture, because it's words, it's something tangible that we can sort of see, we think we need to get it. Whereas, oh, times mm -hmm. of silence and prayer, maybe I don't get it right away. But I think scripture can kind of be that same way where we can say, you know what? I'm going to keep reading this passage and rather than trying to control it or grasp it or put it in a box, yeah. I'm just going to read it and let it do its thing internally. Right. Rather than me controlling it, I'm going to let it read my life. Mm. And ultimately then what we are seeking for is we are saying, you know what? I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Meaning all of God's scripture is meant to be good news. And we know God doesn't waste ink. So everything's yes. there for a purpose and should be able to impart meaning to us. Right. Which ultimately, you know, we know it's about loving God and loving others. <laughs> right. So we can look at every passage and say, you know what? In some way, this helps me love God and love others. Mm -hmm. And on the surface of this passage, there may be no way to see it that way. And, and that's okay. And we can say, you know what, though? I'm going to hold on. I'm going to I'm going to grip you in like a jujitsu move like like <laughs> Jacob did and I'm not going to tap out and I can tell you're not going to tap out. So I'm just going to sit with you and it's going to be uncomfortable cuz I don't get it. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to run away from you. I'm not going to ignore you. I'm not going to let you go. And because you're God's living word, you're surely not going to let me go. So we're just going to stay grappled here for a little bit until it is revealed in some way how this is a blessing. And you know what? That may be different for you than someone else. 
It does what what this passage means to someone else doesn't have to be exactly what it means for you. Now we do interpret scripture within bounds, right? If it right. if it's telling you to go and murder somebody, we're probably going to say that's not the interpretation that God is actually speaking to yes. you. But this loving God and loving others component, kind of within the bounds of God's reconciliation of all things, I think we're just invited to sit with it. And what can be helpful too is, and I'm not saying you have to agree with exactly what they end up saying is to go with people who don't look like you, who people who don't think like you and listen, how do they understand this passage? And can you wrestle with it with community, mm-hmm. with other people? Because that insight might bring something to you mm-hmm. and God might reveal. And so this has meant a lot for me in terms of uh, interpreting texts that don't seem very welcome in the Bible, conceivably like genocide. on the surface seems like you know god commands that or a passage about bears coming out of the trees right in kings and supposedly mauling children or whatever and fun fact that passage was one phil wanted read at our wedding so yes indeed (laughs) and that'll be a part of our elisha series and so we'll get to that one and i also don't really think the bible condones genocide so just to kind of put that out there but these are those sort of texts where we say what do i do with this well maybe we don't know and maybe that's okay maybe not having the answers is actually part of the point. Mm. We think in order for the Bible to mean something, sometimes we have to understand it. And I actually think sometimes the purpose is maybe not understanding it, but the relationship we have with it, where we keep it in our heart, where we keep it at the forefront of our mind, Mm. it will do its work. Even if we can't grasp it, we may always just be in a situation of wrestling and say, you know what? I never fully got you. I never fully get it. But the invitation is to say, well, just keep wrestling with it. You may never get it, but it is still doing its work. Mm. It is still in you. And that means it is going to come out. Conceivably, we could also apply this approach to some theological doctrines, perhaps, that uh, are in tension with each other. Um, What comes to mind for me as a Lutheran who went to a CRC school would be predestination versus free will, that I see scripture passages that clearly support each case, and yet they're both in the Bible, and so there's that tension between clearly God sets apart his people And clearly God allows people to choose him or not. And so conceivably we could be predestined and have entire free will. And we might not be able to really understand that mystery of God. And I think, you know, when we think about the Trinity, God is three persons, but only one person, God. And it's three and one, and that's mathematically impossible, but yet it is um, Jesus being 100% man and 100% God. You know, there's... There's a lot of instances in scripture where we where we come to things, and I think sometimes we've become so academic in the way that we say, well, my church body says <laughs> this, and then we can write it off because we don't have to think about it anymore because somebody has told us what to think. Yeah. Or, or we can say, yep, Jesus was son of man, son of God, I got it. And we walk away and... And perhaps by accepting an answer and not allowing ourselves to feel the mystery of that discovery, that that we're we're taking away something from the majesty of God or from the powerful revelation that was revealed to us through Scripture. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as you were speaking, the two words that came up for me were humility and trust. Mm. I mean, that's really it. And saying, you know, 
in order for it to benefit me, I don't have to fully grasp it all. But I can sit with that mystery of the Trinity or that mystery of this passage or that mystery of Jesus' natures. And I'm humble enough to say, I know I'm never going to have the answers about any, everything, and that's okay. And I trust, however, that being in proximity, that continuing this dance where it's give and take, that that in and of itself is the blessing and that it mm. will do its work even if I don't see the work mm. being done. Because ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit that works within us. Right. And so that takes a lot of pressure <laughs> off because we don't have to arrive at a certain place in a certain time frame to be successful followers of Jesus. Right. We simply have to show up and be in God's presence and be willing for him to work in our lives. And like Phil's saying, be be mindful of what scripture is teaching. Be humble enough to say sometimes I just really don't get it. Um, I think the more we study scripture, the more often we realize that we don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the world. The more we sometimes, study the world, Sometimes the more... you get further and further in and just yeah. go, wow, there's, this leads me to more questions. More questions than answers. But that's not bad. So I guess right. our encouragement here is as you pursue knowing God and you use scripture as a tool to help you get there and to learn wisdom about who God is and how you are called to live in light of that as a follower of Jesus, that you would not be discouraged by your questions but you would be encouraged that by having them, you are doing exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah, that sometimes having really good questions is better and more important than having answers. Yeah. <laughs> which, which goes in the face of what we <laughs> That's pretty countercultural there. So I think our, our invitations, brothers and sisters, is for you to wrestle in your faith. You know, we're talking about scripture, so wrestle with scripture, but wrestle with God. Wrestle with your soul, wrestle with the Holy Spirit, not in an angry way, you know, but in a way that says, I trust you and I, and I know that you want to bless and I am not going to let go until that blessing comes. I'm going to keep wrestling. I'm going to continue to live in mystery. And when it comes to scripture to say, you know what, there's always going to be more questions. There's always going to be more tensions. That is just how it is set up. And I'd encourage you too, to remember community, whether it's mm -hmm. through going to other books, whether it's talking to other people, but but go find community that you can wrestle through it with or ask what they think. And there's going to be a lot of different opinions. And just because you hear an opinion doesn't mean that's the answer you have to take, but you can collect those and you can sit with those and, and come to really wrestle out what it means yourself. Amen, Amen to that. <laughs> well, brothers and sisters, may you wrestle like Jacob and may you be blessed in both your questions, your lack of answers, and the answers as they come. Grace and peace be with you.